Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to another episode of In the Pen, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, a podcast about relievers. I am your host, Callan Elsager. Joined as always by my friends, Jake Crumpler and Rick Graham. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing well. Uh, busy. You know, this is a weird day for us on a, uh, doing a podcast on a Monday, but it's, it's kind of nice to come in right after a very busy weekend, especially in the reliever world. So, yeah, we've got, got some things to cover here. I'm also doing great. Uh, I got a big week ahead of me, busy week, but uh, always nice to take some time off to talk some relief pitchers. Yeah, and like Rick said, we're recording a little earlier, obviously, than our usual schedule. We'll be back on the normal schedule, just scheduling conflicts for pretty much all three of us made us have to record a little bit earlier. But on today's episode, since we are doing this on a Monday, we're going to dive into what took place over the weekend, really take a look at some usage Give you the latest up-to-date uh, recap of the weekend's action, our usual news, notes, all that stuff. And then we're going to have a little bit of fun. And towards the end of it, like I said, there's not as there's a lot to talk about. But to wrap up the show, we're doing a super bullpen draft. We're going to take uh, some relievers. We're going to try and draft and build our perfect bullpen with some salary constraints. We'll dive into a little bit more of that uh, in just a little bit. So we'll start off, as we usually do, with the news and notes Lighter week in terms of injuries, but the first one we kind of alluded to it the last week's episode, but the news was not official. Trevor May was has been struggling and was pretty much removed as closer. When we find out that he's been placed on the 15-day IL with anxiety, obviously bigger issue than baseball. Hopefully he, you know, figures figures things out and is able to get back on the mound sooner rather than later. But we've recapped it a little bit last week. After a weekend of baseball, Jake, do you have any? update for us out in Oakland is there anybody you want in that pen I had said that uh, Zach Jackson was probably our best option and I was completely right because he's literally the only guy left over but wouldn't you believe it the A's turned to Yuri's Familia for the save with the first opportunity I just I'm so done with this team already we're just a few weeks into the season but yeah I want nothing to do with this bullpen if it had been Jackson getting that first save, he pitched high leverage in that one and earned a win, which is cool. And he's he's just so far away that clearly the best reliever. But if they're not using him as the closer and they're only going to win 40 games this year, and I mean, over the next couple of weeks, who knows if they even win a single game. I'm just like not interested in that at all. No matter how good like Jackson could strike out everyone, but if he's not getting saves on a team that's rarely going to offer save opportunities, I, there's just little point in that. Yeah. Um, first off, I say condolences to you, Jake, and the, it, for the athletics fiasco that is yeah. currently going on. That's, that's, you know, it's a mess, but mm-hmm. and their bullpen too. I mean, yeah, familiar was just a, kind of a surprise, even though he's the name there and he's got the history. Uh, I wonder if James Capriellen in a bullpen role that is like somewhat intriguing. Maybe his stuff plays up there, but I mean, 
there's yeah it's just you know jackson's still my favorite reliever in this bullpen at the time at the time being and um yeah it's it's really it's a mess the whole team is 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 a mess at least they got mason miller to look forward to hopefully um but yes (laughs) yeah for every hundred innings or whatever we get out of him but hopefully it turns into something yeah i know jake you need something to look forward to to make yourself want to watch the oakland athletics on a daily basis at this point there's a not a lot going from i will say that but the other injury is matt bush he was placed on the 15 day il with ro- right rotator cuff tendonitis he was kind of the next man up in that milwaukee pen he was helping to get the ball devin williams who's been pretty much the clear top reliever if not top two or three in baseball at this point in the season so who steps in who do you think if you're in a solds league or trying to get holds is there anybody that you think takes that role and kind of becomes that guy who's getting the ball to williams or is just mix and match it's probably going to be a lot of uh strizlecki um i apologize if i'm not pronouncing that right i think that's right yeah i think it's peter strizlecki um Hobie Milner's pitched pretty well this year, and he's like their only lefty outside. I mean, it's fun. Alex Claudio got called up. Wow, that's a name I haven't seen in some time. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be Milner, Strzelecki. You know, Payamps has good stuff. Um, you know, Paguero's another guy who's flashed a little bit in the past, and it's good to see Jake Cousins back. Um, Cousins has always been a, 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 you know, high on my list as long as he's been up, but. Um, there was a reason he started the year in AAA, so I guess wasn't it take because a, of wasn't it because of well, options? Mostly, mostly because of options, yeah. But <laughs> it I was mean, a reason, not a good one. <laughs> he had oh, he had a bit of a weird, I and mean, his he had four point one innings in AAA with a <laughs> with a ten point three eight ERA, but that come came with a forty five point eight percent K rate, so he's still missing bats. Um, but yeah, it's. We'll see how that goes. There's, there's definitely that's the big upside play in this bullpen right now. Yeah, ten point three eight ERA with a one point seven four xFIP. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, examples. <laughs> I think we'll see some uh, regression to the mean there, but that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, I love to see Jake Cousins back. He's a big strikeout guy. I think he was sort of really exciting a couple of years ago, and it's surprising to see him fall off after a bunch of injuries last year, and like you said, starting the year in AAA. But, you know, I, I'm not too enamored by much of this bullpen, but it does seem like Strezlecki's breaking out a little as he's got a sub one ERA. The only problem is he strikes out nobody. Right now he has a 15% strikeout rate. And as we talked about last episode, it really doesn't take that long for strikeout rates to stabilize. Uh, it's like 50 plate appearances, 50 batters face. I'm having trouble locating batters faced on fan graphs. Does anybody know where that? Oh, there it is. TBF. He's at 40 right now. So he's just about at the stabilizing rate. And yeah, it's weird to see him striking out 15% of batters because he was like a 30% guy in the minors. So maybe that starts coming around and we're about to see a hot streak. But, you know, you don't get the uh, ERA that he's already posted. So that's something to keep an eye on. But he will. He does seem to be the guy that's going to be getting the majority of the saves uh, for the next couple of weeks or holds. Excuse me. Yeah, on to the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in him. Like you said, he, there's a lot of stuff he kind of had flashed in, la- in his uh, sample size last year, so I want to see what he can do. So, name the monitor, but you know, we'll, we'll see what their tendencies, what council decides to do to get the ball to Devin Williams, or if it's just 
Corbin Burns throw innings and get the ball to Devin Williams, however that works out. But some interesting uh, transactions going into this week. Um, first one kind of adds towards the uh, Trevor May injury and Zach Jackson being a guy. Danny Jimenez was transferred to the 60-day IL with a strained right shoulder. So I'm not sure when we'll see him again. So any hope for him being the guy in that bullpen it's going to wait a little bit longer. I mean, who knows what happens by a trade deadline, but we'll see what happens there. This one we we mentioned last week, Daniel Bard was on his way to be back. He has officially been activated from the IL due to after his um, issues dealing with anxiety at the beginning of the season. And he came right in back in and has become the guy. Any doubts about Daniel Bard at this point, or is he just the runaway guy? And if you need saves, this is where you're going to get them at this point. Um, I think I still have some doubts just because only some, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, his velo is still down a lot. Um, he's been used. I mean, it's, I, I, we weren't expecting him to just get jump, jump into a safe situation. It's not like the Rockies are providing a bunch at the moment. So, um, he, I mean, he's going to end up being the closer there. I I don't, I, I mean, I'm no doubts about that. It's just, I don't know. His stuff needs to improve here, I, I, I think, or else it's it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah, I still I still have all the same doubts I had in the preseason. Him pitching in cores and having a lot of signs of regression and coming, and also him being an older guy. But yeah, the fact that he's come back throwing almost three miles per hour slower last than last year is not uh, comforting at all, and. Mm-hmm they seem to be easing him into the role as well. So Pierce Johnson may still be the guy getting saves for another week or so as they just like let Bard regain his confidence. Cause that was sort of the big thing that made him hit the IL in the first place. So that'll be something to keep an eye on in terms of like fab. I saw him go in for over a hundred dollars in some of my leagues, which is, uh, I don't know. That's pretty crazy, but I, I guess he will be the go-to guy once he's, you know, fully up to up to speed in the bullpen. And if he can get those miles per hour back on his fastball, then I guess he could be back on track. But there's just so much going against him that it's not something I want to deal with on my fantasy teams. We'll see. I, I think I picked him up in a league which he was available because I probably would use him saves. And I f- he'll he'll get that job. Pierce Johnson's nothing in terms of uh, nothing that's going to stand in the way of Daniel Bard getting saves. He's been good so f- it's been pretty solid so far, but he's not going to stand in the way of the guy they paid as much money as they did to be the closer. So I expect him to get that job fairly soon. Uh, Jimmy Herget was optioned to AAA for the Los Angeles Angels. There goes my call of Herget leading the Angels in saves. It was a little bold, bold but. Yeah, that's going to be gone. We'll get into that bullpen a little bit, but we're starting to get a little bit more clarity, I would like to hope. The next two things I want to dive into, some uh, recalls. First, in Chicago, this one got a lot of discourse in our pitcherless Discord, so I want to get your opinion. Jeremiah Estrada was recalled from Chicago Cubs. He's been touted as one of the better relief pitching prospects. There's a lot of hype, and with the, the struggles of the Cubs bullpen, do you guys have any intrigue in him? Do you think he's going to play in the this, uh, Cubs mix at any point sooner rather than later? I definitely have intrigue in him, but I, I think we might be, uh, we might have to pump the brakes a little bit here um, from some of the things I've seen. However, this past weekend, and we'll, we'll get into it, but 
this past weekend definitely op- might have opened some doors there. So where, you know, before I thought I, I, I you know, I was imagining they would kind of ease Estrada into some sort of high leverage role, but with the way Fulmer and Boxberger have been pitching lately, I they might need to uh, fast track that. So, yeah, he becomes, you know, definitely in saves plus holds leagues. You're, you're looking at him, especially dynasty formats with, you know, him being, I think he's only 24. Um, save only, though, I don't I don't think I think it's too early unless you're in an NL only or like a 15, 16 team, you know, Roto. Uh, I probably wouldn't jump the gun yet. I agree. I think he's more of a holds option. This is a guy that's a big strikeout guy, like well over 30% strikeout rate throughout his minor league career over like 90 innings. So he definitely has that. Uh, It's still yet to be seen, you know, how his stuff grades out. We sort of need a larger sample size. He had like five and two thirds innings last year and he's only at four outs this year. So we, we still are a ways away from really having a good sense of how good his stuff is, but Definitely an exciting arm, but I am like you said, we'll talk about this bullpen a little bit more, but there's so many options in this pen that it's going to be somewhat difficult for the youngest member of the team to break through as the closer. Yeah, I have a feeling where it won't be the last time we mentioned his name. I'm, I'm intrigued, but I agree with you guys. Let's pump the brakes, get him in safe hold. So you have him if you feel like stashing him fine but i don't i think it's gonna take a little bit longer before he before he gets the job and speaking of electric arms we got another one called up nate pearson was recalled from triple a for toronto blue jays while he's not gonna probably take the job from jordan romano he's gonna be romano's fine i'm not worried about him if you're in a saves holds league does pearson play in the vat at this point or is he a name you're gonna be trying to pick up in that in that format yeah, um, not. I don't think I put him in the. I think I would rather Estrada, but Pearson looked really good this spring, or at least flashed. You know the type of potential he has coming out of the bullpen, and it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they use him if they use him in more of a multi inning role, if they're gonna actually like you know use him late in games as a setup man. So, um, but yeah, I mean, guy throws hundred miles per hour regularly. Always, you know, is is an interesting, you know, reliever to watch. So, um, yeah, I I think he's like a little bit, he's like a tier below Estrada when it comes to holds leagues. But yeah, and save only, I don't think you're you're looking at Pearson right now. I think I would be even more interested if he went multiple innings. That's really appealing in in lots of True. leagues because he goes if he has the ability to go multiple innings. So I would love that, but. Yeah, I mean, he he not only was great in spring training, he was great in his stint at AAA across eight and a third innings. He had a 45% strikeout rate. The only problem is he walked 14% of batters. So that's definitely going to be a problem that's usually been the thing that's held him back in the majors as far as his ability to throw strikes. So that's going to be the main thing to watch is he getting the ball in the zone. And like you said, he does have pretty good competition there in Jordan Romano and Eric Swanson. But I think if he can do like the Michael King role last year and so far this year of getting multiple outs or going multiple innings each time he's out there, that could be pretty appealing, especially in like daily leagues where you can just stream him to go a few innings or so. Yeah, I agree. I'm very interested to see what happens there. The stuff is there. We know that. And I think there's a lot to a lot to like 
Jake, we got Rick side. Who would you pick up if you had a choice? Would you go Estrada or would you go Nate Pearson? I think it depends on what kind of league I'm in. Obviously, that's the uh, disclaimer for every question like that. Who would you rather pick up? If it was like my home league where games started are limited and it's daily, I think I'm going Nate Pearson just to see what he can do. But if I'm in a league that's counting either a saves plus holds league or I'm got a really deep saves league, then I'm probably going Jeremiah Estrada there. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll move over to our usual three up, three down. Rankings haven't come out this week, so it's a little, a little bit early. But we'll get a good look into a couple guys who have been who Rick's expecting to rise up in the ranks over this week. So Rick, we'll start with you. Give me in someone who's going to be moving up over the next couple days in your ranks. Ooh, good question. Yeah. So you know, I. It's not really a guy who's moving up, but um, well, he he probably will move up a spot, and that's you know I, I think Josh Hader has been he's done pretty much everything you know that we've wanted from him when we when if you drafted him earlier in drafts this year, he's you know I'm not gonna say he's back to the his old self. The velo's still a little bit down, and the strikeouts aren't where they used to be, but I mean the the results are there. He's tied for the lead and saves with eight uh, allowed I think just one run on the year maybe um, so yeah I, I think Josh Hader is going to be a guy who probably ends up being right behind Classe tomorrow um, as good as Batista's been I, I, I think Hader might be a little it's weird to say but might be a little more safe a little less volatile um, for now at least and uh, it's Hader's always had issues in in August so once that hap- once that comes around, we'll deal with it. But for now, he's the number two guy for me. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued with him. Jake, who's someone who's uh who's moving up at this point for you? Um, well, looking at Rick's list from last week, I think the one that stands out to me is David Bednar. He's at 13 right now, and the guy has been lights out throughout the whole season. Right now, he's up to eight saves, which is leading the National League, and he's allowed. I think just uh, just one run, I think, across 11 innings, and he's striking out 32% of batters. I think the thing that held him back in the past was like the fact that he could be traded and that the Pirates aren't that great. And, you know, his he, he's not like the most skillful reliever, but so far he's been incredible and he's the and so have the Pirates. So that's really netted him a lot of saves. I think he needs to move like either into the top 10 or just about into the top 10. I, I feel like he jumps at least a couple spots in the next ranking. And I'm, uh, I, I feel pretty good about having drafted him in a couple of my leagues. Yeah. Uh, he's been dominant. How good the pirates are. He's shocking NL central leading Pittsburgh pirates. Not exactly something I thought I would say. Yes. Maybe only after like one game in the season. It's the only time maybe I thought that I would say that, but uh, we'll, we'll see. They've been really good, and, and David Bednar has been great for me. Carlos Estevez, I'm I, I'm I'm saying he's gonna be moving up. He's been getting the saves the past couple of days. I know it was Jose Quijada was someone I was kind of getting a little interested in putting some spec bids on him, but they've still gone back to Estevez, and I'm starting to dip my toes back, and I'm not fully bought back in, but I'm slowly. Slowly going back into the pool. I think he's earning that job back for the Angels, and we know that they're going to be that middle of the road team that's going to 
you know, keep battling and get those save opportunities. So I'm interested in him at this point in the season and his usage. I'm, I'm getting back interested in him. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him with the Angels. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Kihara had a really rough weekend. So I think for everyone who jumped the shark and, you know, spent a lot on Kihara or, and or, you know, ditch Estevez, might have been a little bit too early on that. Yeah, good call. Let's move over to the guys who fall as more people come up in the ranks. Other people's, other people are going to start falling. So uh, Rick will start a few. Who's someone who's based on the weekend or the past week are going to be fall- going down in the rankings? Um, this is a tough one. I, I think it. I AJ Minter had a really bad weekend. It, it was a tough matchup against the Astros. Obviously, a good lineup. It's a good team, even with you know the guys that are dealing with injuries. Um, but it's a combination of that, a combination of, you know, Iglesias is, you know, he's working his way back and should be back soon. So, you know, in, in, in saves only leagues, I don't think he's someone you need to necessarily hold on to, um, at the moment, depending on what, you know, what the, what's available, what's on, you know, your situation, but not someone that I feel needs to be rostered at this point. And, you know, in holds leagues, you, you still want him. You still, you're still probably going to want him. And in, in deeper holds leagues, he's still going to be useful for the rest of the season. But yeah, save only. It's that window might be closing right now. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's been tough. I, I haven't been. And with, like I said, Iglesias coming, his, coming back, he started up, I think, I believe he's throwing a bullpen session on Monday. So rehab assignments right down the corner for him. I would expect we'll probably see Iglesias early to mid-May. This is the timetable I'm throwing out there. This Sounds point. right. So yeah. yeah. So in fact, you know they'll probably turn it right back to him. And Minter will still be rosterable and saves plus holds leagues. He'll be the the next guy up. But I think if you can try and uh, cash in on that or start start finding your contingency backup because with Minter that job is going to be coming to a. Uh, a close soon jake what about you who's someone who's uh who's fallen down for you in terms of uh your ranks over the past week i think somebody in that same range uh with the, with the sort of same story there and that the closer is going to be coming back soon and they haven't performed well enough to hold on to that role is reynaldo lopez he's already pretty low in the rank so he might not fall too much but i think the shine around him has really fallen, especially after how hyped we were on opening day uh, when he was throwing 100 miles per hour. And now he's really fallen off from that. He struggled a lot. It does seem like Pedro Grifol is still pretty confident in plugging him into the ninth inning there to until Liam Hendricks comes back. But that's the big thing. I think he's going to gradually fall down the list until Hendricks returns and then the White Sox closer will be back up in the top half of the league, but I'm, I'm losing my patience with Reynaldo Lopez, and I've already lost my patience with the other Chicago closer. It's unfortunate, like I said, we had the ultimate excitement. We were live during his uh, his ninth inning and pretty much drooling over how good he looked, and uh, yeah, that hasn't really been the same since. So it's sad, but the one good thing about it is, like you said, Pedro Griffal is still using him. Kendall Graveman's still being used in the seventh anything role, so it doesn't seem like a change is imminent until Liam Hendricks makes his way back. Just a big question mark is when. It's still an if, but I would expect we'll see him at some point this season. Hopefully for 
you know, entertainment purposes sooner rather than later, just because we all want to see Liam Hendricks back just for, for fantasy purposes, for baseball purposes, and just because he's a likable guy. So I'm very, I definitely want to see of him. And I'll do the weekly disclaimer of Ryan Presley. Ryan Presley, once again, would be falling in the ranks because over the weekend, he wasn't available Saturday or Sunday after pitching Friday. They're going to be very careful of him. We'll get into the situation further, but boy, they're really being cautious of him, and that's going to really cap his upside. So it's just a, the weekly reminder of Ryan Presley is not the guy we were drafting him for. He's not getting those save, the consistent save opportunities we look for for the closer for a really good Houston Astros team. So, uh, you know, it's just a, a weekly reminder of you got to have that other option. If you were looking for Presley and you know, playing the waiver wire for saves, you really need to keep playing those because if it is a weekend series like that, he might only get one of the two, maybe even three save opportunities. He's not being used in back-to-back days. And if he has a long enough outing, he might be used for two out of three games. So it's very, very concerning how he's being used so far. So we'll jump into a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go a little bit further into some handouts from the weekend, jump into some weekend storylines, all that and more here on the In The Pen Podcast. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, like we said, one of the benefits of recording on a Monday night is we have a whole weekend of games to go through a whole weekend of excitement, things that uh, that stood out and things that are pretty fresh on the mind with the uh, fresh run of fab over the weekend, a bunch of uh, news and notes and brand new series starting. So we'll get into some of the uh, big standouts from the weekend. Jake, let's start with you. What's your biggest, you know, if you had to pick one or two uh, storylines in the weekend, what's one of those that really just jumped out and you jumped off the page that you want to you know, go a little bit further into? Well, I think you did a, a perfect transition of ending the last segment with the Astros. And uh, now we can start this one with the Astros because Brian Abreu's stock is rising. Uh, and I'm really glad. It seems to be his role has always been determined. I mean, obviously, by the manager. But Dusty Baker has been reticent to trust Abreu up until recently, where he's been just letting him get all of the high leverage work, which is very appealing because I think he is by far the top reliever in that bullpen, which is saying something because that bullpen is absolutely stacked. And I think it's it's awesome to see him finally uh, getting those high leverage roles because I think he could be a top 10 closer if he is the full-time guy because the Astros are so good and he is such a good strikeout arm that excels at limiting runs and base runners. So I, I would love to see him continue to get the ninth inning moving forward. 
it's yeah, it's it's interesting um seeing how that this bullpen the usage over the, since last Wednesday. So like you know, entering Wednesday's game, Abreu had just two holds and zero saves on the season. And now, what, five days later, he has three holds and two saves. So, you know, he, you know, and Neris and Montero still were working the eighth inning, seventh inning of games. So even with Presley out, it's not like, you know, Dusty Baker just moved those guys up. He instead, he went to Abreu, which is interesting, I think, especially when you look at like the. You know, in the longer term, I, I think that's that, that bodes well for Abreu and seeing what Baker's, you know, confidence of him finishing off games is. So, yeah, the real I mean, the question I have is just what, what's going on with Presley? Are they just conserving him or is there something is there something actually wrong where, you know, he wasn't able to pitch either game this weekend? And it's not like he pitched Thursday and Friday. He pitched Friday. Um, he pitched Wednesday and Friday. So it's weird that he wasn't available on Sunday. But that just shows that, yeah, if they're going to be careful with him, um, this is going to be a team that wins a lot of games. So that could make Abreu like a very, you know, kind of similar to like an Andres Munoz from last year type of uh, fantasy asset and save only leagues. It's a very concerning. And of course, Dusty Baker went full manager speak on us just asking about, you know, whether he was. He said he was unavailable. Didn't give us any health-related incident. He didn't say anything about it. wasn't like early in the season where he was just sick and unavailable. We didn't get much information as to why he wasn't unavailable. If he's dealing with something, if it's just, like you said, work- workload management, just trying to conserve him throughout a long season. But it's, like we said at the beginning, it's very concerning. If, I ha- if you have Ryan Presley, are you trying to sell him if you can? Are you stashing Naris and Montero in hopes that they work their way into the mix? Kind of. I mean, obviously, we're grabbing Brian Abreu. If he's out there, he's a must-add in pretty much, I would say, all leagues. Not even just saves plus holds. Or I think he's definitely, just even for ratios, someone you want to have on your rosters. But are you still stashing Montero and Naris in the belief that they can work their way into this mix? Uh, I you know, Neris has looked really good this year. Montero's still kind of meh to me. I I don't think I don't think I'm, but, but but Montero probably has a better chance at closing out games if Presley were to hit the IL and they go with some sort of committee. So I I don't know. I don't think either one of them in save only leagues. I, I I don't think I would chase after either one unless you're in a really deep or an AL only. If you're in an AL only, probably you you want to roster all four of these guys. But um. Yeah, most mixed leagues. I I don't think I'm I'm going after Montero or Naras just to bray you. Totally agree. All right, let's move over to you, Rick. What's one of your biggest? Obviously, we talked about the risers. Is there any other uh, big storylines that are usages that you wanna you wanna throw out there? Uh, definitely the Cubs because Fulmer and Boxberger. I mean, Fulmer just it's you know it's it's been really tough for him lately. And Boxberger had a bad weekend, a bad um, outing this weekend as well. So, you know, Estrada's up now. There's no real, we don't have any idea who the closer is. Maybe it's not Estrada. Maybe it's not one of those two. You know, Brandon Hughes has pitched really well this year. Mm -hmm. He's looked really good since he came back. Has experience in the role. And I know we were talking about how there's no lefties in this bullpen. Um, But... You know, Mark Leiter, someone brought up in the Discord and about Mark Leiter Jr. And I, I looked up, you know, I was looking into him a little bit like deeper and he's 
basically like a lefty he's basically a lefty and they're both he's right-handed but the the way you know with his change up and cutter mix it's it plays as basically a lefty and he's had his most success the past two years against lefties so maybe they don't need hughes as their left-handed you know high leverage bullpen guy maybe the lighter can kind of fill those shoes and then that frees up hughes to to go back into getting saves for them because He's look great, and you know, there's the running out of options to turn to. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a bullpen that I'm going to target in terms of stashing guys because I think the Cubs are actually their team looks really good this year, and I think they're going to start winning more games. Right now, they're sort of in the middle of the pack in the NL Central, but they've got so many options in this bullpen, and I think they've got a lot of appealing options. It's really been frustrating with Fulmer because his stuff looks so good, but he's just unable to command it. He's not walking too many guys. He's just like, I don't know if you if either of you guys have watched him close out a game. It's like his stuff is so good, but he doesn't know where it's going. It ends up in the zone, but a lot of times it's crushed or sometimes he just is unable to like put it where he wants to, to get the strikes or, or the weak contact or whatever. Feels um, like most closers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah fair, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I, 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 put some money on Adbert Alzale to uh, bring him on one of my uh, 15 team leagues as like a stash play there. I think he's uh, one of the guys in the running there. Brandon Hughes has struck out half of the batters he's faced across five innings. That's definitely appealing. And I mean, just that whole bullpen, we already talked about Estrada and you just uh, waxed poetic enough about Leiter Jr. that, you know, he he's also appealing. There's, there's so many options here that I think Fulmer and Boxberg are struggling will probably pull them out of high leverage situations because they have so many other great options here that seem to be doing fine despite their lack of experience. So we're recording this on April 24th. One word, who leads the Cubs and saves the rest of the season? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Brandon Hughes. I want to say go, Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. Should I just say Fulmer? Um, no, yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go Alzale. I, I think he's going to take over that role. Um, I, I feel pretty confident about his stuff and he's got the like prospect pedigree and, and I, I think he's, he's pitched enough on the major league team that David Ross is familiar enough with him to trust him with the role. And I'm going to have some fun. I'll say Jeremiah Estrada. So if you're listening to us for Cubs advice, don't we have no idea what we're talking about it's gonna turn into the diamondbacks of the central just a bunch of guys you said it well jake there are a lot of really good arms at this point in the season but that makes it very very confusing for us so monitor this bullpen closely speaking of confusing the philadelphia phillies is one that i want to bring up we saw that last week alvarado was kind of becoming our guy that he was starting to get the job right well on sunday craig kimbrell got the save and jose alvarado got the uh, pitch the eighth so where does this leave you guys for the Phillies is Alvarado Alvarado still the favorite do you still want to hold your Kimbrel shares what do you do if you're Sir Anthony Dominguez shares help people out who have Phillies bullpen arms such as myself I think Sir Anthony and you know most mixed leagues are is probably droppable at this point he's been pitching better lately um, but I can't imagine that there isn't, there aren't, you know, better options unless you're again, you know, 15, 16 team, or maybe there aren't better options, but 
Uh, I feel like he's safe to drop and chase, you know, chase one of these guys in the Cubs bullpen, maybe. Um, so Kimbrel, I mean, Kimbrel, I guess you have to hold on to because he's still factoring in the saves. He still hasn't looked great. Um, not the guy he used to be, obviously. He's not going to be that guy, but he's factoring in the saves and he's going to have some value. But it's still, I think Alvarado still. It's just weird seeing him come and work early. I mean, I wish they would just give him the job and let him run with it, but I, I understand how, you know, teams are using their bullpens now. So, you know, it's going to be some frustrating outings, I'm sure, with, with him, but for the most part, you, you're going to want to have him on your roster. I felt like the usage was pretty normal. Like there, there wasn't anything crazy. Alvarado pitched three out of four days and then Kimbrell got the save the after those three days, after those four days where Alvarado had pitched a lot. And so it just makes it seem like Kimbrell's the next guy up where when Alvarado needs a rest, Kimbrell's going to get the save. But then it was weird that the next day Alvarado pitched the eighth up by four. I think it just means that, you know, they're going to, they're going to try to get Alvarado in every single game possible. He's just so far and away the best reliever in that bullpen, which saying something, I mean, this is the same thing I said about Brian Abreu. It's saying something because they've got so many arms that we've thought of as really good over the last couple of years in Kimbrel Dominguez and Soto. And Alvarado is just striking out absolutely everybody, walking nobody, and is his stuff is just so good. I think they're just trying to get him in every game they possibly can. And when he does need a rest, the saves are going to go to Kimbrel. But yeah, Alvarado needs to be rostered in a hundred percent of leagues. Yeah, I would. I'm very. It's been a been a fun one. It's been an interesting uh, stretch in Philadelphia. Alvarado's been great. You want to have him? I'm because of this. I'm holding on to my Kimbrel shares because he's the next guy up, and because how good it is. I would agree with Rick, and I'm going to have to unfortunately do this in our pitcherless staff league. Sir Anthony Dominguez is droppable, and he'll likely be off my roster. If he's come down, he's the third guy in his pen. Still, if you want ratios, I think he'd be fine for that. If you're in a safe plus holds league, he'll get the holds, but there's there's just more guys off in the pecking order than we were expecting. So I think he's not lost the job on his own merits, but if people pitch better than him, he's kind of lost the save opportunities there. Another thing I probably should have brought up in the news is out in the in LA with the Dodgers. Evan Phillips was out for I believe he's on the paternity list and now is on the bereavement list. Seeing the news the Dodgers do expect him to be back for their upcoming series in Pittsburgh so hopefully everything is okay and you know things get managed if he's coming back so soon. I, I hope it's because it's there's good yeah. news but you know, thoughts to him and hope everything's okay. Uh, unfortunately it's an awkward transition but this is a fantasy baseball podcast so he was kind of the favorite for the Dodgers I know it's only a couple days, but who steps in? Who's a, if you is anybody you want a roster to try and get a save or two while he's away from the team? Yeah, um, I know it's they have like four guys on paternity leave right now, which right. is yeah, because Bruce Dargraderall just got Gratter- on paternity so leave. Gratter- after I just yeah. got him in TGFBI. <laughs> yeah, um, I picked up Gratterall this past weekend. Yeah, and. Um, so that leaves us with I don't know. It's gonna be Shelby Shelby Miller getting the save, or oh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, where do you turn to? Um, you know, Vesia hasn't been great, hasn't been good at all, really. Um, neither has Yancy Almonte, who I had some you know high high hopes for going into the season. So 
Yeah, I guess, I guess with with those guys out, it's probably Miller or Philip Bigford. Um, but it should only be. I believe Phillips is still scheduled to return to the team tomorrow, mm-hmm. like like you said. So, um, yeah. So the, there shouldn't be any missed games. So that that should you know put Phillips right back in the closer role. But before the before the news of Gratterall going you know going to on the paternity list, I was thinking that. You know, maybe this is going to turn into more of a committee because Gratterall is the guy that they originally kind of you get the sense that that's the guy they wanted to end up being their closer. Mm -hmm. He got the first couple chances. So then he got a save over the weekend. So maybe things were going back his way. Um, It'll be interesting to see once once both him and Phillips are back, how how things, you know, pan out there. And now with Hudson out for, you know, the first half of the year, it's it's really a two man race, I think. Yeah, I agree that they were trying to get Gratterall into that role at the beginning of the season, and he struggled a little bit, which sort of necessitated Phillips to be the closer. But without Phillips and Gratterall, that bullpen is terrible. Yeah, the Dodgers, again, just continue that team where you look at it. It's like, it's the Dodgers. But then you actually watch it, and it's like, it's a lot of names. Yeah, it's a lot of names. It's not the same old Dodgers we're used to. But then again, we say that, and they'll still find a way to win a hundred games and probably win the NL West because they're just that mm. good. Dave Roberts is that good a manager, and I wish the Yankees could be like that right now. But anyway, any other standouts? I know there's some uh, underperformance. Jake, anything else jump off the page from you this weekend? Anything else you want to bring up? Um, it's, there's lots going on. I think Scott Barlow in Kansas city is a pretty interesting topic right now, just because he's still getting saves and he's sort of coming back around. But I I think our whole podcast knows that he's not long for the closer role. Not only does he have an eight ERA and he's, he's sort of dropping off in velocity as well, which is really concerning. Um, but also, there's Araldis Chapman there. I mean, we. I wish Carlos Hernandez was the guy that we got to talk about, but Chapman's been looking like vintage Chapman, which is not something that I expected to say this year, nor something I wanted to say this year. But he's up to a 54% strikeout rate with a bit, a bit of rounding, and he has yet to allow a run across eight innings. I think it's just a matter of time until he's closing out games with either him just being too good not to be uses the closer or Barlow just continuing to struggle. I can't believe that. It's funny because I know it's Mike Matheny's not there still, but if this was a Mike Matheny managed team, there's no way Barlow would still be closing out games. He would have made that switch so quickly to Chapman. So I guess, I guess good for them for, you know, sticking with Barlow, giving him a chance. He's, he's earned it. He's, he's been the closer there for a while. He's, he's paid his dues there. So, um, but yeah, I, I still think he's like a, blown save away probably maybe two but it should probably just be one blown save away and from you know losing that job yeah like you said this has been a kind of a weekly topic for us is what's going on in kansas city and it just continues to point in elections if you still have barlow it's nice to know you can still hold him for a little bit longer and try and get as much milk out of it as you can i forgot the analogy i was going for there but um juice um juice or like <laughs> I'm looking at cat or something like that there's an analogy there but i just was not getting at this point in the day but you know it's nice to know you can still get something out of um, scott barlow and um but obviously if Aurelius chapman is kind of the favorite and 
it's the, another weekly reminder of put Carlos Fernandez on your watch list, your stash list, whatever. He's going to have a role in this pen. I think he's going to be someone you, you know, by the end of the season, someone fantasy managers will be wanting to roster. I, that's my prediction at this point, whether it's because everyone else gets traded. Carlos Fernandez will be fantasy viable for us sooner rather than later. Rick, we'll turn it over to you. Any other standouts from this weekend usages that are, are worth noting? Yeah, I think the so this is an interesting one. Um, you know, who, what team is in first place in the AL West right now? It's Texas Rangers. Who's their closer? Uh, still no idea because the way that they've that uh, Bochy's been using Leclerc and Will Smith lately, I I'm not really sure what the plan is. So I know Smith got a save this weekend. He also I think had a blown save this weekend, and then tonight Leclerc came in in the eighth inning and walked three guys, and or he came in for one batter in the eighth inning, came out for the ninth, walked three guys, and then Will Smith gave up a hit to to lose the game. So. Those two guys haven't exactly pitched horribly, but they haven't. Their their ERA is kind of deceiving as to like how they've been pitching this year because Leclerc's velo's down a lot, and Smith is Smith's been okay, but I don't I don't love either one of those guys in the closer role right now. So I don't know who that leaves if that leaves one of the starters turn reliever types, um, or if maybe Jonathan Hernandez could get a chance here. That would be kind of an interesting name, but. Yeah, they for a team that is playing well, that their bullpen really is an issue. Are they blowing saves? Well, tonight, and I think there was one this weekend too. Um, Yeah, that was Jonathan Hernandez. Though that was Hernandez this weekend. Okay, so yeah, it's Mm. it's sort of confusing because, like, I don't know. Before today, I, I don't have the statistics up for after including today, but Leclerc had yet to allow a run. Will Smith was 2.16 and Jonathan Hernandez was sub two. So like, it seems like they're all doing pretty well. It may just be like, sometimes they, they have blowups, but maybe it's like a usage thing. Maybe it's just like they need those like secure roles or, or Bochi sort of using them in a weird way that they're not getting the saves that we want or maybe it's just it just doesn't seem like it's succeeding as well because they haven't been racking up all the saves like we would expect a team in first place to and you know that might not be any fault of their own but definitely something to watch there there this does seem to be a weird bullpen where it's like we just have no idea who's the closer and there's three guys and it's like any of them could be all right but we just have no idea what's going to happen is Leclerc still your guys' favorite at this point in the season, or have you moved off that bandwagon? Oh, that's a tough. I mean, I wanna Leclerc's my guy. I really want to um, to be. I, I this is like, but this is what he does. I mean, three walks tonight. That's kind of his mo. That's you know that will happen from time to time, and as long as it's only time to time, then you can you know sure, but. Um, I, I still, I still think I like him over Will Smith. Um, wow. Smith's Velo was down big time tonight too. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take him over Smith, but, uh, I think we said it at the beginning of the year. Like this is, it's funny how this team went out and made all these moves the past two seasons and just spent zero time or effort on their bullpen and just kind of hope to piece things together. So it might, that might come back to bite them. I'm sure they'll, they'll be in the market for a reliever at some point, but. Um, for now, it's you know Leclerc and Smith, and 
Jonathan Hernandez are the best they have, I think. How good would this team look with, you know, Scott, if they're a team that pulls the trigger on a Scott Barlow or a Alexis Diaz? I would say David Bednar, but hey, the Pirates are World Series champs now at this point in the season, so they're probably not selling off. Uh, but imagine this team with one of those uh, bullpen arms that we're expecting to be traded by a deadline. I, I definitely think they should be in the mix for one. But at this point, I'll, I'll agree with you. Jose Leclerc still the uh, the guy I'd want to roster in Texas if I was looking to uh, to grab a hold of a good team save share at this point. Yeah, I wonder if, I mean, just far-fetched because I know he's got a two-year deal, but if the Red Sox were to fall out of things, I feel like Kenley Jansen would be a guy that makes sense there and someone that they would be interested in. Yeah, it's interesting. I wouldn't. I didn't even think of a Kenley Jansen as a guy to be traded because I don't expect the Red Sox to really do the right thing when it comes to that. Whoa. They're the ones who, they're the ones who were, were smart enough to you know would decide whether or not they're in the middle of things and spend thirty <laughs> some million on a closer. So um, uh, I guess we can agree on whether or not it was a the smart thing to to do. But hey, they spent ten million on Corey Kluber too, so they know what they're even doing. Even better, even better. <laughs> So we'll take another break here on in the pen. When we get back, I think we covered a, a good amount of the bullpens. We're going to start this uh, super bullpen draft. We're going to dra- start drafting relievers. We're going to build a team. We'll put it up on Twitter for you guys to vote on who managed their salary to rot. But we'll get into those rules and start this draft when we get back. All right. So we're going to do a little something different. We're going to do a Super Bullpen draft. We have, I believe, we agreed on $20 million to quote-unquote spend on relievers. We're going to be taking them at their current 2023 salary and try and build a bullpen that would be one of the the best in the relieves and see who play general manager, see which one of us can uh, build the, uh, the best roster off of this. Did I miss anything in the rules, Jake or Rick, that... Need to be mentioned. No, just that we're drafting. We'll do like f- five to seven rounds. We'll see how we feel after five yeah. if we want to keep going. Um, yeah, just try to draft the best bullpen. Uh, we'll do a snake draft starting with whoever wants to go first. Yeah, Jake, I'll take you the third v- pick. Yeah, you guys yeah. go. Jake, you are the uh, genius behind this. We'll give you the first pick okay. and I'll sit in the middle. All right. Um, yeah, so I, I think. With this kind of draft, it's it's it feels like you're you're drafting in like a regular draft, like a fantasy draft. But the values in fantasy drafts are usually guys that go late in drafts. But in a draft like this, like a salary cap league, it's about it's sort of the opposite. You're taking the cheap guys early because you know they're not going to be too good. There's, there's not going to be many cheap options that are amazing later on. And so I'm looking. I sort of we ha- sort of have our our guys split into tiers based on salary and i'm looking at the bottom tier of the guys with the lowest salary and there are some very intriguing options some of the best young relievers in baseball and i think with the number one pick i'm gonna take yoan duran i think he's got yeah i think he's got some of the best stuff in baseball he goes for only seven hundred twenty thousand dollars this year so i i feel pretty good about that one and who knows if he'll be my closer, but I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good start. Yeah. I really like that one. He was someone I was looking at for that. I'm going to stick in that same tier, go a little bit more money, just full on 
lights out stuff. We've talked about him as potentially being in that mix for top three, four closers for not even just fantasy, but just pure baseball. Felix Bautista is going to be my pick of 732,000. I want to just get the lockdown back in. Same thing. Maybe I go a little bit more expensive for my actual closer, but if I can get this guy as my eighth inning guy, get the ball to my closer or be my closer for that cheap. I'm fully, fully in on that. Oh, you guys, I wanted at least one of those two. <laughs> um, hey, you're the one who volunteered the third pick. So <laughs> I'll spend a little bit of money then. Um, I'll spend a little bit of money here and I'll, I'll go with uh, Emmanuel Classe. Um, you know, only coming in at four million. So not a huge amount and this is the guy this has been the number one reliever for the past two years and you know even after a slow start this year he's really turned things around and he's back to being himself so i think uh that's that's a safe that's a kind of a rock at the back end of the bullpen for me and now i'm realizing i have two picks in a row so mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm going to pair that with andres munoz um coming in as my setup guy here we're getting the ball to class a uh, just electric stuff in the eighth and ninth inning for, uh, for, for my bullpen here. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That's, um, that's me. Some hard throwing. So, uh, you know, I got the, the power arm with Felix Bautista. I'm going to go into that same tier that Rick took from and go no. even for less money. One of the best relievers in baseball I mentioned in the show, that changeup will just dance off the hard throwing fastball for Bautista. Give me Devin Williams, uh, 3.4 million. He's been one of the top closers in fantasy and baseball. That stuff is just incredible. And if I can mix and match those two in the eighth and ninth, I have zero problems with that. Wow. Well, (laughs) I got my guy. You guys left me Pete Fairbanks. What a mistake. How could you Mm -hmm. do that? Now I I'll take Pete Fairbanks. He goes for the same amount as Class A at four million dollars. It seems a little much. He is yet to allow a run this year, though. So uh, he's uh, living up to all the hype right now. There's there's cheaper options that I think sort of have more value there, but you know I cannot. I, I've had just one draft throughout this whole year, fantasy drafts mostly, but I'm not <laughs> going to leave this draft without Pete Fairbanks. You knew one of us was going to walk away with it. It's just which one of us wanted to pay the price. And I'm yes. honestly surprised he wasn't the first overall pick with uh, how the three of us were uh, hyping him up at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but I got to go again. So <laughs> uh, I might as well go with a guy that we sort of hyped up this episode that's going really cheap right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm deciding between two guys that are that are very close, but I, I think I'm going to go with Brian Abreu. I, I think he's just one of the best up and coming relievers. He goes for just $745,000. So that's super cheap. Keeping my bottom line down, I can get a big arm later on, but I, I think his 40% strikeout rate and uh, just the ability he's shown over the past two years is definitely warrants a, a pick in the first three rounds. No, it doesn't. Yeah, that stuff is just very, very good. Um, I'm going to stick in that same tier and kind of, go off another one a guy but we like similar tier to where we took Felix Bautista similar tier to where we took Pete Fairbanks that sort of fantasy and the cheapest reliever that may get drafted in this draft only 700,000 I'm going to go with Alexis Diaz for that cost for that electric of an arm I'm very happy to get to get him into his pen I'll probably need a lefty at some point but let's just keep going with the you know, 
young, hard-throwing relievers. And it's not too much more to add to Lexus Diaz. Yeah, that's there's still there's some good names in this cheap cheaper uh, tier mm-hmm. under a million. Um, I think I might take two. I'm gonna definitely take David Bednar here for the first pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if we're building a real bullpen, I like the you know Bednar's got that these splitters his go to pitch adds a nice little you know element to, to you know his his ability to get lefties and righties out. Um, mm-hmm. Love that from him. And then. I think I'm going to go with... Oh, man, I'm torn between a couple guys, but let's see. Where am I at? Two, six million, seven million. Okay, let's do... Um, let's do Camilo Duvall. I'll, I'll take him and his slider. Um, so I think Duvall, I think Duvall is another, you know, especially working as the fourth reliever here, you know, coming <laughs> in, just getting... Just using that slider to get righties out. I I, I really like that. So mm-hmm. like this bullpen so far. Yeah, I'm gonna stay in this tier. We talked. About, I talked about getting a lefty, and I want to make sure I get a lefty. Another guy we hyped up for the past few weeks. He can go multiple innings for me. He can be a high leverage. Give me AJ Puck for seven hundred thirty-six thousand. Uh, I want to have that. You know, get that big lefty out. Get some of the big outs. Let's just keep adding to that. So I'm good with uh, AJ Puck at that, that cost. Good call. I am also going to go lefty, but I'm going big time here. I'm, uh, I'm using my savings here, and I'm getting Jose Alvarado. He's looked like one of the most dominant relievers so far this season. I Just incredible strikeout rate. And, he, and if he's going to keep walking nobody, I think he could be – in the conversation for best lefty reliever in all of baseball. And at 7.3 million, that's like more than a third of my budget, but I think it is very worth it for a guy that's just so dominant. And uh, I'll supplement the rest of my bullpen with, uh, you know, I didn't really think about it too much. There's so many options. Um, I think I'm going to go in a, a more expensive tier. Again, we've got so many options um, hmm. the, uh, the third tier is so unappealing to be honest. Um, it is just, <laughs> yeah. like the three to four and a half million dollar guys are just like, not that great. Um, lots of veterans there. So I think I'm going to go into the second to last tier again, the like 1 million to $3 million tier. And I'm going to get Bruce Dar Gratterall. I just, I That's need a, a Jake pick. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, he, of course, he's on the Dodgers. Um, but I, I just I need that ground ball guy. I don't really have a team of ground ball guys. I Duran can get some ground balls, and Alvarado throws a nasty enough pitches that you know he's going to get his fair share of ground balls. But Bruce Dar is going to be able to come in and get us out of jams when I when we really need him to. I like that call. I think it's going to be. There's a lot to obviously a lot to like with Bruce Gratterall. He was a Jake Crumpler special during the offseason's name to be drafted. I'm looking through this. I want to go in that same tier, but I'm just making sure there's nobody I'm missing. It's the fifth round, and he's cost so much. I know I already have some hard throwers, but only for $2 million, if I can get Ryan Helsley, I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. Another hard thrower. He's got the experience getting the ball to the closer. He can pitch the high leverage innings. I like this call. I will go with the hard throwing 
Ryan Presley for only an additional two million. Or not All Presley right. Helsley. Um so let's see, four, I got two more. Um I need a lefty, I need a long need a long guy. Um the lefties are kind of thin now. You took puck from me. That's who I was hoping to get yeah. this round. Um, I'll spend some. I'll spend some money though. I love. I love Andrew Chafin as a lefty reliever to get lefties out. And if, if I'm only going to have one lefty, I think I want someone like Chafin. Um, I know six point three is a little high, but um, you know, for a guy of his, you know, the slider is just nasty. It's it's devastating against lefties. Um, I. I'll spend the money here since I saved it elsewhere. And I will also go with, and I'm torn between who I want as kind of a multi-inning guy since a Braves off the board. Uh, I'll, I think I'll do Michael King. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the 1.3 million of Michael King and make him kind of that multi-inning early guy who can come in and, you know, be that fireman. So yeah, that's, that's, how this thing's shaping up <laughs> as my mic almost falls off my desk right here <laughs> um so what we do we did seven rounds so uh let's see here do i want i, I think i'll take one more in the very cheap tier and then maybe spend some money to wrap things up. But we talked about him last week, the best stuff plus in all of Major League Baseball at this point in the season, only $733,000. And he plays in well. He can give me some length as well, which I would like. I'm going to go with Griffin Jacks. Good call. Yeah, I feel like uh, at this point, a lot of people that are listening are just like, wait, how is nobody taking Josh Hader? How is nobody yeah. taking like the, the big guys? Josh Hader makes $14 million a year. That's uh, that's like three quarters of, of the budget we've got. So there's the explanation on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think there, there's still lots of good options and uh, it, it's it's tough to choose. I think the, the more expensive guys are honestly not that appealing just because they, they make so much money. And they're sort of old and <laughs> not great. Yeah. Um, but I still like the third tier right now. There's actually a couple names that I like, and I'm going with Paul Seawald. I do think I need another lefty, and that's what I'm going to do with my next pick. But I think Paul Seawald rounding out my righties as my sixth round pick is pretty good. That puts me at 18.1 million or just around 18. So that leaves me like $2 million left. So now I need another good lefty. The thing is, there are not many good lefties um, in general. Um, so you know what? The all star. Yes, yes I am. Let's <laughs> go. So, I'm going Joe Mantiply. Perfect, perfect uh, syncopation there. Um, I, and he and he fits my budget perfectly, getting me right up near the uh, threshold of 20 million. But yeah, I'll round out my my bullpen with the all star Joe Mantiply. See, I was hoping that maybe I can get. I'm only at 8.5 million at this point. I was hoping that by going with the many cheap guys, maybe I could have done better with the album. Ryan Helsley, I could maybe squeeze out one of the big names, but I would be just over our $20 million budget. You so, don't want Daniel Bard? You know, as much as I, I hope he gets some saves from me, but I'm going to steer clear of that. And this is just, this is an ugly, ugly tier. But I want to add another 
Another lefty at this point. Um, I know he's hasn't been as good to start the season, but you know if he can get the big lefty out, he's up there in terms of a four point two nine million. I will take AJ Minter to wrap up my bullpen. Probably have the least uh, the least expensive the money to spend now. Yeah, so you know I can pick someone up from free agency, you get some uh, offense. Yeah, let's go get a. Let me see what the batters I can get for, but. Pull a bullpen for cheap and pull them with the Yankee model of just finding guys and building them around that rather than uh, spending the big, yeah. uh, big bucks. I'll I'll spend up to the cap here and I'll go with Jordan Romano as my last pick, bringing me up to I think nineteen point five million. Um, yeah, it gives me a bunch of closer options here. A lot of guys who finished off games and yeah, I mean. I think all these 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 bullpens look pretty good, but obviously yeah. only three teams. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy to so, do. We'll, we'll throw this out on Twitter. We'll let you put the the listeners out to the test. Let them vote on who uh, used their money the wisest. The wisest who has uh, out there. I'm surprised none of us took Zach Jackson a little bit, just based on the amount. Let's <laughs> say sarcastically, uh, Ronald Chapman was also a name that probably could have been out there. And you know our boy Ronaldo. I'll shout him, shout him out. Only three point six million. I thought he might have found his way on one of our teams with how much we've uh, hyped him up at the beginning of the season. But I guess uh, recency bias has gotten the the best of us. But so go on Twitter when we have the link to this episode. We'll put the uh, results of his draft and we'll see which one of us used our quote unquote budgets the wisest and who built the best uh, Super Bowl pen. But to wrap this episode up, we'll go as we always do with the newest edition of Name That Closer. Jake, throw out, Jake, put another lever us for try to guess. We'll see if, uh, you know, we can build off last week. And Jake, Rick and I both got it after a couple of clues. We'll see if we have the same success this week. Yeah, first week was a, a little too difficult, but this last week, I, I, you guys got it pretty easily. So uh, hopefully we can split the difference here. Uh, I feel like this one's sort of closer to the second week, though, in terms of difficulty level. So as always, save your uh, answers till the end so that the listeners can play along. But uh, yeah, we'll kick it off with the first hint. Uh, this closer was drafted by the Dodgers in the 30th round of the 2003 draft out of a high school in Colorado, but he didn't sign. And then he was drafted by Callens Yankees in the ninth round of the 2006 draft out of the University of Arizona. He debuted in April of 2009, and he has pitched for a whopping nine teams. I won't name them all, not only because that'll take a while, but also because that might give it away. Uh, this right-handed pitcher is a four-time All-Star and finished eighth in National League Cy Young Award voting in 2015. And he also is a one-time National League Reliever of the Year. Uh, I have to imagine it was 2015. And then he's got a little bit of black ink. He led Major League Baseball with 51 saves in 2015. And the following year, in 2016, he led Major League Baseball with 67 games finished. And then most recently, he led baseball with 39 saves in, tw- in 2021. And I think that one might give it away. He's got 262 career saves and a 2.94 career ERA. Uh, do you guys know this one? I think, wait. I feel I like I should. <laughs> I feel like nine different teams. I'm not sure if this guy yeah. gets to it. I feel like I should know this because he was drafted as a Yankee, but this is, I don't think this guy was drafted He's as a Yankee. He's definitely not known as a Yankee. Yeah, yeah I, it doesn't would definitely ring a bell if he was. But You guys don't remember the MLB save leader from 2021? <laughs> 
I don't. That I don't was like even a, notice a, a save leader in 2023. That was <laughs> that was that was partially sarcastic. We do run a bullpen podcast. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and that's true. That's true. All right, let's hear Why some am guesses. I blanking. I, I'm just 51 saves in 2015. My first flaw was Kenley Jansen, but I don't. He didn't meet the the nine. The he's also yeah. he also a high school out of probably. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. That's just, yeah. There's a lot of things up in there. Plus, <laughs> wait, what? Um, so wow why is this this shouldn't be hard it shouldn't be we should no right i know i feel like there there's enough hints on there where it's like okay this could sort of uh unearth him uh i'll say that he does have alliteration in his name that'll be my final guess uh four two Nineteen, yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I know who it is. Yeah, Allen, I'm alliteration. He's on the IL right now. Yes, he is. Why am I blanking? This is bad. I forgot Sorry. how good he was two years I'm ago. I'm giving it to Rick. And, I'm giving yeah, it to Rick. Who is it, Rick? Mark Melanson. Yes, oh, sir. Yes, yeah, he was a Yankee. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's good. So, like the nine teams he pitched for. Well, yeah, Giant. Pirates, Diamondbacks, Red Sox, Braves. Yeah, everybody. Yankees, Nationals. Oh, the whole man. league. But yeah, that's a that was a fun that's one. Uh, I'm, that's I'm, a good one. Yeah. Saves. Sort of starting to transition to non-active uh, players. I mean, mm-hmm. Melanson's technically still active. He hasn't pitched this year, but uh, they'll only get harder uh, as not only we run out of options, but we start getting to the non-active guys. That's when it gets really difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. If you were able to get this in fewer clues than Rick and I, be sure to tweet us. And if you, as usual, if you have a suggestion for this game, be sure to tweet one of us. Don't tweet off three, and we may use it in a future episode. But before we wrap up, what's something you guys are looking forward to for this coming week? Any reliever bullpen you're keeping an eye on as we uh, as we transition to a uh, another week of this fantasy baseball season? Um, I guess kind of, you know, I, I'm more intrigued by this this Rangers bullpen now, seeing how things turn out because there's some there's interesting arms there, and that the team is going to win games. I think as long as they, you know, they're relatively healthy, they have a good lineup good starting rotation again if DeGrom and Co can stay healthy so uh yeah the, the Rangers you know that situation is definitely starting to interest me yeah we're, we're wrapping up the month now so it's sort of coming to that point in the year where you know beginning of the year you're like it seems like every single bullpen is up in the air you're not even sure if Josh Hader is going to be the closer until you start seeing stuff and there's also like no actionable stats you can go off of but now we're getting to that point where we've got a month of action relievers obviously have very small sample sizes but we've talked extensively about the quick stabilizing rates of swinging strike rate and strikeout rate. So we can actually start to look at guys and get an idea of what their skills are looking like at this point of the season. So I think this is where it's more exciting because early on you're speculating and it's sort of just like you're playing darts in the dark and you just, there's, you can't see anything. You don't know if you're hitting a dartboard or your friend, but uh, <laughs> at, th- at this point now you can start seeing not only the, competition start to clear up but you can sort of get a better better idea of who you like more over another guy based on how they're pitching this year so i think now it actually becomes a lot more fun because you can actually speculate on guys that you can uh like stake your claim on and that kind of stuff so 
I'm, that means there's lots of bullpens to watch because not only are we able to have a better idea of who these guys are this season, but also there's so many bullpens right now that are still fluctuating because we're still super early in the season. Um, I'm going to be watching Chicago to see if Reynaldo Lopez can uh, fix things there before I drop him off the majority of my teams. And uh, I think I'll also be watching Houston to see if Ryan Presley is the guy there because I, Brian Abreu's honestly been picked up in all of my leagues, which is very unfortunate, but I, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I think elsewhere in the AL West, Carlos Estevez and Jose Cajada are having an interesting battle over there. And so that'll be something that's actionable right now, I think, because both like one or the other of those guys are on most wires. And then uh, I think the whole ALS right now, honestly, Rick said that the Rangers, the A's are worth it to watch. Actually, no, I suggest do not watch the A's. They are not fun to watch. But yeah, there's still so many other bullpens that I that I yet that I didn't name with that. There's there's just there's so much going on in terms of relievers right now that like now is the time to find the guys that you think could be the closer in the next month or two and stake your claim on them before it gets too late. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm watching the uh, Chicago Cubs. I want to see what Jeremiah Estrada looks like. He's gotten a lot of hype in the pitcherless discord when he first got called up. So I want to see if he lives up to the billing, see if he can mix himself into that uh, format and who emerges. We know with the Fulmer and Boxberger struggles that job's up for grabs. Does Mark Leiter find his way in the mix? Does Jake's guy Alzale? Does Estrada find his way in there? So I'm really intrigued to see what the Cubs end up doing. I'm going to be keeping a very, very close eye on them going into this week. But that's going to do it for this episode of In the Pen. As always, if you want to find out more regarding us, regarding this uh, podcast, or find our work over at pitcherless.com and the uh, join the Discord for 24-7 access to the staff by joining PL Plus. You have the Discord, PLV, Pitcherless stat projections, Pitcherless stat pages. A lot of great stuff over there. Guys, do you have any other work you're looking to plug going into uh, another week as we, like Jake said, get to close to the first month of the season over with? Uh, nothing, nothing out of the norm for me. Uh, after this, I'll be you know getting started on closing time article for this week, so... It feels it's again it's weird doing this on a Monday, but uh, looking forward to the the rest of the week. I'll also be writing an article after this. I'm uh, writing one about Graham Ashcraft. So if you're interested in the Reds' right-handed starting pitcher, go check that out. That should be out by the time you're listening to this podcast. And you can also read my reliever ranks articles that come out every weekend, and also. My, you can listen to my episodes of the first pitch podcast, which come out every weekend. And those are a blast. You can really get a lot of fantasy info from a short amount of listening time, especially if you listen on two times speed, you can get everything from a single day in just 10 minutes. So, uh, yeah, definitely give that a listen. Me and Bubba and I both, uh, put that out every single day. And I will not be writing something after this. If anything, I might be writing a message in the discord or a text to somebody i don't have any articles coming out this podcast and uh possibly some more chats going on in the discord moving forward but a lot of great stuff coming out uh tune into that and more if you're looking to add to this is like you said reliever ranks reliever uh daily articles coming out and more or pitchless.com so once again that'll do it for this episode of in the pen i am Callan, joined as always by rick and jake and we'll see you next week